Welcome to the Gateways Beyond International Podcast, featuring inspirational teaching from our ministry bases in the nations. For more information, please visit us online at gatewaysbeyond.org. Thank you, Lord. But I do want to, uh, uh, this morning I have a, a word that's in my heart for us, and Matt began to touch on it. It's about the perspective. The, you know, when we come into the presence of the Lord, our perspective changes. We were talking about this in our, in our church as we navigate through literally day after day things that are unfolding in our nation. What you may, your pastors may have talked about last week, we need to have me- more meetings this week to figure out how to navigate the week that is ahead of us. I just heard that... Uh, What's his name is running for president now, you know, and um, Kanye West. So that changes everything. This is not a political message. That's news to quite a few people by the looks of it. <laughs> um, so how do we navigate? You know, because at this moment, everything affects us on every level, on a family level, relational level, we can't even shake hands, you know, all of those things that we're all facing together. How do we navigate to get to the place that we need to be as the people of God? The only place that we are called to, we can be, I'm not against politics, I bless the people in the kingdom who are engaged on the political um, arena. We need people to have clear voices, and there are young voices that are coming up, which I'm really excited about. For, but for us, as a body of Christ, as a people of God, something happens in the presence of God. It can be as chaotic as you can imagine outside. But when we come into the presence of the Lord, there's some kind of, it's like an anesthesia. It's the anesthetic of his presence. We come in, all of a sudden, you begin to forget how, what kinds of trials you're facing as a, as a nation, you know, culturally. We come into the presence of the Lord and we feel everything's going to be okay. You see Mr. Sinko wearing his bow tie. You feel, man, we're going to be all right. You see, not just the presence, the people of God, the covenant people of God, the family of God that he has put around us, you get a sense of hope that everything is going to be okay. Because in the presence, we see him. And in each other, we see him as well. You said this in your, as you were sharing about fireworks, you said this one thing. I was hoping you would get into it because you shared... We wanted to see the fireworks, but they kept saying, we're going to wait till it gets dark. We're going to wait till it gets dark. There's something that God does. The way that he worked is so different than how we work. The perspectives, he, he tarries, he waits until darkness is even dark and even more dark than before. And then just a simple candlelight is enough to light up a whole room. Come on. This is the perspective of the kingdom of God. If we can see the work of God, if we can recognize what could God be up to during this time, we will be filled with hope. Everything passes away, but these are the things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. This is our guide during when things get dark and darker and darker and darker, more chaotic. The things that remain are faith. It's hope and it's love. 
It never changes. It doesn't go out of fashion. It doesn't go out of style. You may have done a whole series on faith, hope, and love. Guess what? You still have to be in that series because everything else fades away except for this. So what is our, how do we navigate through what we see unfolding around our nation? It's changed, not just our nation, global impact. Like we've never seen this on such a scale. But the plans of God, Matt started, I got nervous when Matt started talking about it. (laughs) Because the purposes and the plans of God for the nations of the world and for the body of Christ have not stopped. This was not news for God when things began to unfold like it has. It didn't shake him off of his throne. It didn't didn't say, oh my gosh, I, I wasn't thinking about this. Plan B, guys, and he's... Passing out masks to the angels. Guys, we didn't think about this. So, you know, all the angels are wearing masks now. And I'm not, I'm not uh, making fun of that. But you're laughing, so maybe I was making fun of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is all, God has, has, all of these things are factored into when he said, everything will fall away, but what remains is faith, hope, and love. When he called us to be his people. When he called us to wait. When he said, I'm coming back soon. All of these things are part of the plan of God. We need to be people in the midst of chaos to look for Christ. In the midst of the deepest and darkest chaos, we are to be the people who are looking for light to shine. Whether it's in us or around us. Come on. You know, there's this passage in, in Joshua when... You know, they're going through a transitional moment where they've been led by miracles. Manna manna coming from heaven. Led a whole nation. God fed them literally supernaturally. And at this time they cross over. Now they're beginning to eat of the fruit of the land. There's a major shift. And then there are also kings that have risen against God's people. And Joshua is wondering, everything's changing right now. And all of a sudden, this angel appears before Joshua. And Joshua in that moment is so consumed by his natural circumstance. He's so immersed in what is happening around him. That when the angel of God appears, you know what the question Joshua asks is? Hey, great, I'm so glad you came. You couldn't have come at a better time. Tell me this one thing. Are you with us or are you with them? Are you with us or are you for our adversaries? This is what he wanted to know because in that moment he was consumed by us versus them. But the angel responds. He said, no, wrong question, Joshua. (laughs) That's the wrong question, but here's the right answer. I have come as a commander of the armies of the Lord. Come on. It's not option three. It's not the third option. It is the only option. We can be a people who have option A and B, and then there's a third option. In the kingdom of God, there is no third option. There's only one option. It is Him, Christ crucified, His angels, the captain of His army. Come on. There used to be a saying, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I wish you hadn't quickly said yes to that. Because 
I'm going to edit that. This was taught to us by Matt and Sarah's parents. That is a good saying because our heart is to follow what God has. God said it. I believe it. That settles it, right? But we're going to take this measure of faith to another level. God said it. That settles it. You can choose to agree or not. God said it. That settles it. We get to partner with him. We get to come into agreement with the plans of God. We get to align our hearts to him. But everything is settled because he spoke it. Adam came on the sixth day. He wasn't even around. Where were you when I formed the foundations of the earth? Come on. He said it so that we could come into alignment with him. We could come into saying, hey, we're going to start naming the beasts of the earth. But sometimes you have to wait till it's even more dark around us before the light can shine. You know what the canvas for creation itself was? The canvas for creation, God sent his agent, the Holy Spirit, to scout the land. You know, if you buy a house, we're, we're just in the process of buying a house now. You drive to the neighborhood to check it out. That's our realtor told us. Go drive. If you find something, before you tell us, go drive to the neighborhood. Find out what the neighborhood looks like. How the roads are leading up to. All of those are factors. So God sends a Holy Spirit to the earth to scout it out. And the report came back to heaven. Um, God, I think you gave me the wrong GPS address. Well, what, what's, what's going on? Holy Spirit, tell me, what do you see? Well, it's dark. It's without any form. And it's void. And God says, perfect. That's what I'm looking for. It's like, what do you mean? If I were, if I was God, we, I would be, hey, come on, be real, right? Bill, what would you look for? Like this beautiful, like white space, you know what I mean? That kind of like a studio setting where you can begin to create all these things. And he was looking for a place that was dark, void, and without form. I don't even know what void means in this context. Darkness covered the earth. No form on the earth. And it was void. Into this canvas, he begins his glorious expression of creation. And all through scriptures, you see there are moments when the, when the, when the scene and the landscape around us gets dark and difficult and chaotic. And in the midst of God waits and waits and waits. And, in, and at a certain time, he steps in. Every time he sets it, steps in, he changes the narrative. Every time he sets it, steps in, it changes the years of pain. In a moment, it becomes glorious. Glorious. He taught us, the disciples, he, you know, he's walking with them. And the disciples asked him, teacher, rabbi, teach us how to pray. And he taught them how to engage because they saw him. They saw how he, how, what his maneuvers were. It was basically early morning, go and pray. And then come out and just do almost every day something new, something different. So they said, teach us what happened. We see what you're doing here. And some of us even tried to do those things. We failed some moments. We succeeded. But teach us what's happening 
over there. Teach us what's happening in the secret place. And he says, this is how I pray. Pray like this. It begins, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's a familiar prayer for us. So it begins with this prayer asking for the kingdom of God to come on the earth and the will of God to be done on the earth as it is in heaven. This is our mandate as a body of Christ during this time. The moments to call on the kingdom of God to come is when the kingdom of God does not look like it has arrived. Or our society or our culture needs the kingdom of God. We as a church need more of the kingdom of God. Those are moments not to say, oh man, we're going to hell in a handbasket. Those are the moments to say, let your kingdom come here now. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I'm looking at our nation and the nations of the earth and all the changing paradigms of life. I'm saying, God, let your kingdom come. I don't even know what you are planning. But I want to be watching and waiting and praying for your kingdom to be manifest on the earth. You see, the prayer doesn't end there. It begins with let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And then the midsection of the prayer is all of like tactical engagement. You're engaging in the nitty gritty. Forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. It's like it's just warfare. It's practical hands on combat. One on one. First, it starts with the prayer, let your kingdom come. And then we begin to engage in the areas that needs the kingdom of God to be manifest. But here's how the prayer ends. The prayer ends with, yours is this kingdom. Yours is the Yours is a power, not just now, forever and ever. You see, we are called to be people who will draw and pull on the kingdom of God to come into the circumstance now and engage in whatever way that you have, what, you know, the, the things that God has given you to steward, whatever measure that God has given you to steward on the practical level, but also on the spiritual level. And at the end, we always have in God the end result. It's a cheat sheet for life. The end is yours. We get to declare to our nation, this is your nation. This is your kingdom. Your power and your rule and your government and your authority is here. He's not as interested in politics as he is in government and governmental authority. Politics is the way that it's fashioned and it's, it's walked out. You see, when the prophet talked about unto us a son is born, unto us a child is born, a son is given, the prophet was so overcome by the nature of this child that the next line says, the government shall be upon his shoulders. And, the, there, and the, there will be no end to this government. That's a strange thing to say at a baby shower. If you ask me. Let's not invite him to the next. 
You see, it was the beginning and the end. The sun is the promise of what they were longing for, but the end is that the government will be upon his shoulders. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is heaven. At the end, we get to declare yours is this kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Come on. We are to be a people who see the beginning where we pray. We are to engage as much as we can in the middle, but know that we get to declare at the end, God, this nation is yours. The nations of the earth are yours. Thank you, Lord. Not to take your side or their side, but I've come as a commander of the armies of God. In Revelation eleven fifteen, it says, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and his, he shall reign for. That's the end scene. It's the same revelation of the prayer of Jesus. They have become. And we get to be here on earth in the midst of the greatest chaos. We get to be the revelators of the kingdom of God. Come on. It could be in a small way. It could be in a strategic way for your family, for your church, for your ministry, for where you work. You may have the secrets from God drop on you in a moment. In the midst of the greatest need. And we're, we, I look for those moments when we have meetings in our church. We had a meeting a couple, a couple years ago, a year and a half ago now. And we were, wanted to do these prayer. We felt God was talking to us about doing these prayer gatherings at our church. And uh, we've had prayer gatherings before. And, um, and I just felt to, 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 to say we've never had child care for a prayer. It was like a Friday night uh, quarterly prayer gathering. And I said we should do children's ministry during prayer gathering. doesn't sound like the greatest uh, piece of wisdom. But I felt the unction of God in it. And I said, I think, really think we should have child care. But not just child care. Let's do children, a children's p- parallel while this is going on in the main sanctuary. Let's do a children's ministry prayer gathering for them in the way that they can identify and activate themselves. And we had over 900 people show up for this prayer gathering on a Friday night. And the s- second and third one were even more than that. Sometimes in the moments like that, God will give you wisdom, give you a key that reveals his kingdom in a greater measure that you didn't have before. We are called to be revelators of the kingdom of God. I know you're faced with this wherever you work. You're cha- front, firsthand facing fears, firsthand facing people's apprehensions. You have the light of heaven in your life for this moment, for such a time as this. And when his kingdom begins to manifest, it has the power to shift culture around us. It has the power to silence every critic. It has the power to change paradigms and mindsets of people. Age-old paradigms. Because the rules of engagement of the kingdom of God is completely different. Joshua was thinking tactical and Practically, the angel is thinking, Joshua, you have no idea. When he comes, the kingdom of God comes into operation, there are no limitations. No limitations. One day you're shouting and a whole city falls, crumbles to the ground. 
Next day, a man holds his hands up and he, his army wins a battle. There are no limitations. There are no formulas. Except you get to step in and partner with whatever he wants to do in that moment. A completely different set of rules of engagement when we reveal the kingdom of God through us. The laws are different. The constructs of the kingdom are different. The strategy of the kingdom of God is different. You see, when Jesus, every, if you read the stories of Jesus, every interaction, every encounter, every conversation was an advancement of the kingdom of God. Because he not only did miracles for miracles sake, he did miracles in order to shift paradigms. He did miracles in order to announce the kingdom of God is here. Thank you, Lord. And the people tested him all the time. You'll see this if you read. And they asked him a question, testing him. Several times in, the, in their exchange one to another. They questioned him, wanting to trip him up. They asked him questions to see if he would pass this test. But as you know from those stories, he almost never answered them. Like Joshua's question, wrong question, here's the right answer. <laughs> Jesus operated in the same way. There's one story of the, of the adulterous woman who was brought to him. And they brought to him and they said, they caught her in the act. And it says, that's what it says here. And in John 8, 5, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? I was reading back to see where that word was, but it's in the next verse. <laughs> they commanded us such that should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him. You see, their minds were not focused on the actual issue. They were looking to trip up Jesus. Testing him that they may have something of which to accuse him. I don't know about you, but I feel that's where the body of Christ is right now. You can't say this. You can't not say that either. I don't even need to say what it is or what it isn't. <laughs> you can't do this. You cannot do this. It's a test for the body of Christ, just as Jesus experienced it. Testing him that they may have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground. Theologians are still trying to figure out what he wrote on the ground. You should read some commentaries. They're hilarious. <laughs> probably <laughs> listen he wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear I love I love this moment because he knows what they're wanting to do and the question that they're asking and he knows exactly this like, I love this nature about him so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them with one simple statement. 
with one simple statement presented back to them, he changed centuries-old religious mindset that they said, according to the law of Moses, we should stone her. What are you going to do about it? And in one simple sentence, changed the narrative altogether. And he is the one who came to fulfill the law. But what they missed is that he himself, it was the fulfillment of the law. The fulfillment of the law was not in how it manifests to this woman. He was it. Their mistake was bringing her to him. <laughs> as soon as they brought her to him, game over. Game over for this woman. I don't even know if she knew what had just happened. Can you imagine her experience coming caught in adultery, brought, brought to Jesus by a mob wanting to stone her? Can you imagine her physical, emotional, mental experience as she is thrown at the feet of Jesus and she's feeling sin and accusation and condemnation and guilt leave her all of a sudden? Can you imagine that? And with a simple sentence, he among you, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. What a brilliant statement. In one statement, centuries old way of interpreting and walking out the law of judgment for somebody in adultery. In one moment, he changes their mindset. They were dumbfounded. And it says from the oldest to the youngest, one by one, they began to leave the room. And he was still, and he, he says, he, he, I love this. You have to get into this picture. They brought her, brought her, threw her at his feet, and he just, and they were asking, and he just knelt down and began to write. Confusing even the theologians today. Can you imagine what they were thinking? What is he writing? I don't know. Is he writing the, the, the law? Maybe he's writing the law of Moses. For all to read and for her, maybe she's reading. I don't know. And then he, it says, he looked up from the ground and told them the statement. He who is without sin casts the first stone. And it says, he went back to writing on the ground. After. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful scene. He went back to writing and he didn't look up. One by one, it says, from the oldest to the youngest, they began to leave the room. And then it says, when he looked up, he found that there was nobody there except him and this woman. Come on. No accusation can stand in the presence of God. Come on. This is a, a picture, glorious picture of the fulfillment that is in Christ. Come on. They couldn't, that's the overflow. That statement was the overflow of redemption. So much so that they could not even stand there. They had to leave. And when he looked up, he said, yes. This is all I always saw about you. And he says, go and sin no more. So profound. 
This is a kind of kingdom revelation and revelators that we are to be. In the, in the midst of the greatest accusation, the greatest question should trip us up, we have access for wisdom in God for that moment. You may, we may be unlearned. We may be, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know mysteries to tell people. Or, but in that moment, God will give us what we need to say, how we need to say it, when we need to say it. We need to be looking for it. Look for those kingdom moments. Look for those moments to reveal the kingdom like he did. Our mental models of life have to continually be reshaped by the eternal realities of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Do not let culture give you the narrative of what's going on today. Do not get, let culture give you the language and then you have to respond according to that language. That's exactly what happened here. According to the law of Moses, she has to be stoned to death. We've caught her in the act and we have witnesses. They wanted to engage him in the language of the law of Moses. Are you with me? He didn't. He did not use their language or their narrative. But he gave them a completely different Language in one statement shifted centuries old mindsets and belief systems as well in a moment. This is where the church is at right now. I just pray. I feel the Holy Spirit all over this. I pray for this church, Valley Shore. I pray for Marius and Danielle and your pastoral team. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for wisdom from above in this moment to shift paradigms in a, in a moment. Just shift paradigms. Let it come in your, in, in your sleep when, when you're dreaming. Let it come as you're thinking about God. Let it come as you're considering situations, as you're considering forward movement. Let this community and, and you as families be marked by that paradigm that was in Jesus, the kingdom paradigm. Let your kingdom come into this right now. Let your will be done right now in this moment. In Jesus' name, let this rest on you in a supernatural way. Thank you, Lord. In him, there are stories within stories. One of my other favorite stories is when uh, Jesus was walking on water. He told his disciples, cross over to the other side while I go up in the mountain to pray. He said, I'll meet you on the other side. And then the next scene is, they're on the boat and there's a huge storm. Winds lashing against the side of the boat, waves crashing. And then they look and they see Jesus. They think he's a ghost. We know the whole story. One of my favorite preaches is from this, this, from this storyline. And Peter is the only one who steps out. He's not sure that it's Jesus. He says, if it's you, call me out. And he says, Jesus, it's me. I mean, Peter, it's me. Come on out. So Peter walks on the water. His frailty kicks in. Doubt and fear kick in. He drowns. You know what happened? Jesus picked him up. And they walk back to the boat together. But here's what it says in Matthew 14, 32. And when they got into the boat... The wind ceased. The issue was not who's going to walk on water. Is Jesus a ghost or not? The issue was who would engage in such a way that the, that the circumstance 
is challenged. The crux of the story is when they got back into the boat, the storm ceased. Come on. He didn't get it right. He didn't do it the perfect way. But he was the only one who did it. And he's the only one in 2 Peter writes that we may be partakers of the divine nature of God. Come on. The natural man, me, you, maybe you, maybe you're better. Yeah, like you're bound for the, 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 the stormy waves. I'm not. <laughs> my, our, my Matt and Sarah and Sarah can attest to this. I'm not the, the best swimmer. I can swim, but I need to see the end line. And I, it doesn't look pretty. I thought, wow, I'm, I'm doing it. So I once recorded it, me swimming. I thought I was like Michael Phelps. I look like a frog trying to <laughs> breathe. So it's not my natural inclination to be that one to step out. But Peter did. But guess what? All the other 11 had the same opportunity. At first, maybe, you know, he's stepping out. No one wants to test it. But they see him walk. They see him walking on water. They see him drown. I'm like, oh, such an idiot. We knew this would happen. But then they see Jesus picking him up. Still nobody steps in the the water. Then they walk back together. Still nobody steps out on water. You know what I would have done if we saw Jesus? I was in trouble. Be honest with me now. Don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me alone here. Waves tossing back our boat back and forth, you know, and you see, you think it's Jesus. We're like, guys, it's Jesus. We'd be like, hey, we'd be throwing the lifesaver out there, you know. Jesus, we're here. Come on. We're going to be safe. Everything's going to be okay. Wouldn't you have done that? Honestly. You see, the kingdom narrative allows for no limits. No limits in our response. You can't respond according to the circumstance. Jesus, here we are. Come in here and then speak to the wind because they have another story when that happened. Right? No narrative that is given to you or fed to you has an answer in it. You have to step out and figure it out for yourself. But know that when you get back on the boat with Jesus, you leave the boat without him, but you're going to get back in the boat with him. And at that point, the wind ceases. The narrative of the kingdom of God, the canvas of the kingdom of God, the arena of the kingdom of God is for a few who dare to wait, to peer into heaven and look around. What do I see? What do I sense? What do I feel? What do I hear? Thank you, Lord. Another story, Luke 13, I won't get into it too much. Luke 13, a woman crippled for 18 years. Jesus healed her. 18 years. Jesus was there for those 18 years. 
It doesn't make sense. Why did Jesus, man filled with compassion, why did he encounter her 18 years ago? There's something about waiting till it's dark enough so that the glory is even more glorious. 18 years into her being crippled, he comes to her. Again, he's not just healing her to heal her. He's healing her on the Sabbath because he is introducing the kingdom of God yet again. Do you see this? It's a pattern. It's everywhere. He's not just doing it to meet a local need of the increase of his what? Government, there shall be no end. That's the way in which he operates is on that governmental level where he can bless somebody, but he's going to affect a whole paradigm behind you. You don't even know that it's happening. Thank you, Lord. He healed this woman who was in need of this healing for 18 years. I don't, I don't even, can't even figure that out. And it happened on a Sabbath in the sight of the Pharisees who were watching him to trip him up, as always. And when he healed her, they accused him. You! I can't believe you did it! You profaned the Sabbath! You healed her on the Sabbath. And he rebuked them. He says, he told them, you take your ox and your donkeys out on the Sabbath to give him a drink. And there were silence in one question, in one statement, yet again. And he changed their understanding even of the law of the Sabbath while healing one woman. Come on, the kingdom of God is available to us. The canvas of the kingdom of God is available to us in this moment, not just to meet one need, but to shift paradigms in our culture right now. Be, look, be looking for those kingdom opportunities. There's another time a lawyer... The faith says the Pharisees had seen that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. So they got together in a huddle and said, what should we do? What's our game plan? And they said, look, he's silencing everybody. Let's learn it. So let's send in one guy that we know in our, in our midst that can engage in a heated argument. And it says, one of the Pharisees came up to him, a lawyer, asking Jesus, Rabbi, which one of the commandments? Which is the greatest commandment? Do you know it was a lawyer who asked that question? And it says it was a lawyer because even in that question, they were looking to trip him up. They were looking to test him. Centuries old devotion to the word of God and following as a nation, century, generation after generation to keep the laws and the interpretation of the law so they may not sin and going through motion and the rhythms of life yearly given to them, and in a moment, he says, all of them hang on these two things. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. He changed their whole paradigm in answering one question. It goes on, I mean, we could be here all day talking about each and every interaction was not just a story, not just a Bible story. It is an advancement of the kingdom of God into a new era. He was bringing the word and the reality of heaven into their midst so that it's not just a story. It's like they go back thinking, my mind is. Isaiah 60 says this. The canvas, if there's a title for this message, the canvas of the kingdom. Or if you're a sporty person, the arena of the kingdom. 
Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Why? There's an answer. Why, has, why is there this invitation for us to arise and shine and the glory of God to be upon us? For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. You see, the glory of God on us is reserved when darkness and deep darkness is all around us. This is what you experienced last night. Wait till it's really dark and then we'll let off the fireworks. Arise, not just be available, but as you arise, shine. Come on. Don't just show up. Show up with purpose because you've peered into heaven. Show up with design. Show up with strategy. Show up with something filled on the inside of you to shift that moment right now. Arise and shine. Don't arise and say, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You see, in the, in the tradition, in the synagogue, there's a reading of the scriptures every, week after week after week after week. And we know that in one, one, one story, Jesus was at the temple in the synagogue, and it says the lot fell. It was his turn to read from the scriptures. And you know which passage was allotted to him? Isaiah, the next chapter, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the, open of the, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And he goes on and on and on. At the end, he closes the text and says, Today, this reading is fulfilled in your midst. Come on. They were not just reading of something. He became what he was reading in that moment. And Isaiah, if you think back, can you imagine the week before Jesus was in the synagogue and they read the chapter before this was arise, shine for your light. Can you imagine what he's feeling there's an invitation to arise and shine for your light has come. Darkness has covered the earth, deep darkness, but the glory of God will arise over you. And the next week he responds to Isaiah 60 by reading Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And today it's fulfilled in your hearing. We are called to be those that respond to the word of God, respond to the kingdom of God and the ways of God and to be revelators of the, of the kingdom of God in this hour. To have this confidence that I have met the Lord, I've been in his presence and things are going to change. Ah. We belong to the kingdom of God, not by name, but by nature. Some people are happy to be part of the kingdom by name, but he's looking for those people that are part of the kingdom by nature. Reminds me of a song, but I won't sing it. My daughter was telling me that her, her, to her friends... Their names are Hope and Joy. They're twins, identical twins. And they realize that they can, 
oh, they can, oh, they can uh, the face recognition works for either one of them. This is a mandate for us, that when we arise and shine, it's the light of heaven shining in us, that we are, have taken on the nature of Christ, the nature of heaven, the nature of the kingdom of God, that in that moment, it's not our brilliance because I don't have answers for squat. But it is the revelation of God in that moment that we have identical access to all of the kingdom of God. We have identical access in Christ in that moment for any need that we have. Thank you, Lord. And I'll end with this. The nature, it seems simple, but it's profound when it comes by revelation. The nature, these are things that I am rehearsing. How do I engage in everything that's happening around me? Philippians 4. Eight onwards. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever truth is the greatest battle right now in our nation. Not what is right, what is true. Whatever things are noble. If you want to have answers for news reports that you see, what is unfolding in our nation, meditate on this passage. I'm sure there are many others. Meditate on this passage. Each word will give you a paradigm, a, na a fresh narrative. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, if you see something that's not noble, that's not part of the kingdom of God. If you see, I'm going to step into it because I'm leaving tomorrow. If you see a policeman with his knee on somebody's neck, that's not noble. That's not my definition of noble. Call it out. In that moment. But if you see people, a whole community, trying to raise and tear down the police department, that's not noble. We have to have our own narrative. We have to have our own language. So that we call what is true to be true, what is noble to be noble. Whatever things are just. Woo. Don't be caught taking sides. Don't be caught taking sides. We are not part of the third option. We are called to be part of the only option. I am the way. That's what Jesus said. I am the way. The truth in life. Whatever things are pure. Man, this is so comprehensive. I think it's comprehensive. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things, you can apply this however in whatever, whatever you're mentally, whatever mental gymnastics that's going on in your mind with our society, you can apply it. Whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue, man, this is, answers everything. Systematically answers everything. Otherwise, you would be caught Forced to take sides. If there is, oh man, if there is anything praiseworthy, tell me your side. Tell me about your side. If there's anything praiseworthy, I'm going to support that which is praiseworthy. That's the way Jesus talks. Tell me what is of good virtue. I will support that which has good virtue. 
Tell me what is pure. I will support that which is pure. And this nature, this nature of the kingdom, as we arise and shine, this attracts angels. The nature of Christ in us. You think it's, oh, pure, lovely, how is that going to change? I'll tell you. As we begin to reveal Christ, reveal the kingdom of God in our society today, in the simplest of things, it's more than simple, it's profound. Angels are attracted to the revelation of Christ. Angels are attracted to perform the revealing. This is their duty. This is what they're called to. To back up the revelation of Christ on the earth. Thank you, Lord.